0: Hi, this is Felix chimera lead pastor of Kairos Christian Center in Lalonga, Malawi. I'm happy that you've joined us for the Kairos Lalonga podcast, and I believe God is going to inspire you and break you through into your kingdom destiny as you hear the word unpack. This is your Kairos moment, God's appointed season for your kingdom breakthrough. We've been going through a preaching series through the epistles of Paul to the Thessalonians, and we're calling it tough times, tough people. And today we're in chapter number five of first thessalonians and i'd like to ask you if you can turn with me there first thessalonians chapter number five if you have your phone grab it if you have a bible grab it if you don't have one get next to somebody that has one because we'll be reading this together hear the word of the lord now concerning the times and the seasons brothers you have no need to have anything written to you for you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the lord will come like a fifth in the night And those who get drunk are drunk at night but since we belong to the day let us be sober having put on the breastplate of faith and love and for a helmet the hope of salvation for God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ who died for us so that whether we're awake or asleep we might live with him therefore encourage one another and build one another up just as you're doing we ask you brothers Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies, but test everything. Hold fast what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ he who calls you is faithful he will surely do it brothers pray for us greet all the brothers with a holy kiss I put you under oath before the Lord to have this letter read to all the brothers the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all men are like grass and their glory like the flowers of the field The grass withers the flowers fade but the word of our god lives on forever let's pray together father we want to thank you for today we thank you that lord you are the one that is in control of the beginning and the end you're the alpha and you are the omega almighty god and father we pray even in these tough times the lord you shall help us realize that and move in that experience in the name of jesus christ we pray amen the end of tough times the end of tough times COVID-19 has brought a lot of conspiracy theories. Other people are telling us it's because of 5G networks in the Western world. Other people are saying it's God's judgment on the world. And a lot of people are asking, so what does the end of the world look like? What does the end of the world look like? And that's a question that Paul is answering the church in Thessalonica. Because the church in Thessalonica was asking the very same question, what is it like? And Paul has to answer them and essentially tells them, that God preserves the believer till the end. God preserves the believer till the end. So, what does the end look like? What will it be like? Well, from this passage, we find four things that Paul tells us about the end. Number one, I want you to notice the suddenness of the end. The suddenness of the end. The end is sudden judgment for sinners, but expected justice for saints. The end is sudden judgment for sinners, but expected justice for the saints. Turn with me, please, to First Thessalonians, chapter number 5, from verse number 1. Here's what it says in verse number 1. Now concerning the times and the seasons, brothers, you have no need to have anything written to you. For you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. So remember again, this is a letter. Paul is writing a letter to the church in Thessalonica. And that church is the church that he had planted in Acts chapter number 17. He was in the in the synagogue in that city for three days, uh, for three Sabbaths. And a lot of people came to faith. Then the Jews, they got jealous about the fact that Paul had such a large following. And they chased him out from that city. So probably... Paul must have stayed in that city maybe two months or even three months. We don't really know. But he had left that church because of persecution. And the church had started in persecution. And so because he couldn't go back for some reason, he had asked Timothy to go back and check on the Thessalonican church to see how they were doing. And so Paul or Timothy brought back word that this is how those people are. And probably Timothy also brought questions. Questions like, what is going to be the end like? Or what has happened to those that have died in Christ Jesus and so at the end of chapter number four he answers that question that the ones that have died in Christ Jesus that have died before Christ has come back those ones will meet Christ first in the air at the second coming and then those that are alive will be raptured to meet him and so again he's reminding them that listen these things I really don't need to tell you about but verse number two he says for you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night The day of the Lord the day of the Lord is actually a, a, a term that is used in the Old Testament a lot It is the day that Jehovah God the creator of the heavens and the earth the one who created everything is going to come back in Judgment, it's called the day of the Lord in fact in Malachi chapter number 4 verses 1 up until 3 Malachi speaks of this day this judgment day as a scorching day right and so then Here is what is being said here, the coming of the Lord is actually the day of the Lord, right? He says the day of the Lord is going to come like a thief in the night, something that is unexpected. And then verse number three says, while people are saying there is peace and security, then sudden destruction will come upon them as labor pains come upon a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. I want you to watch this. God is going to come back in judgment. In fact God is going the one who created everything who created everybody will seek an account of those that he has created in the earth every human being will stand before him in judgment and that day when he's going to bring his judgment is the day of the coming of the Lord hallelujah the day of the coming of the Lord is the day that God is going to come in judgment against sinners is going to come in reward for those that are his saints now Paul here is showing us the kind of judgment that this is going to be now I want you to watch he says that the world is going to be saying oh peace and security and remember again when Paul is writing this is the time of the Roman Empire and One of the things the models of the Roman Empire was that they promised peace and security And so even as Paul writes like this, this is seditious This is treasonous because he's really coming against the claims of the Empire itself, right? But he says look don't get carried away by what they say even at the time that there's they're saying there is peace and security then sudden destruction will come upon them as labor pains come upon a pregnant woman and they will not escape watch the thoroughness of that judgment no one is going to escape from the judgment of God and the idea of, of labor pains of a pregnant woman is something that also comes from the old testament especially in isaiah and some of the prophets that are speaking about the judgment of god coming forth verse number four it says but you are not in darkness brothers for that day to surprise you like a thief now i want you to watch the world it's going to be a surprise The world is going to be a sudden judgment. For those that are in Christ Jesus, the brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, this day will not be a surprise to them. Why? Well, because they are not in darkness. He says again, verse number 4, But you are not in darkness, brothers, for that day to surprise you like a thief. Verse number 5, he says, For you are all children of light, children of the day, We are not of the night or the darkness. I want you to watch this. I want you to watch this. For the non-believer, the end of the world is something that is going to be a surprise. For somebody who has not put his trust, hard trust in Christ Jesus, the end is going to be a surprise. For somebody who is a believer, the end will not be a surprise. In fact, the end will be an expected coming. It will be something that we're expecting, we want to happen. You see, Jesus told his disciples to go into all the world and make disciples of all the nations. To go and preach and make disciples of all the nations. And he said, I'm going to be with you until the end of the world. Until the end of the age. And so, for the believer, the one that believes Jesus, the one that is a witness, that is living for the gospel. There is the eager expectation of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because for the believer, there is understanding that when the Lord Jesus Christ comes back again, he will reward the believer. So it is something that the believer is eagerly expecting. Something that the believer is looking forward to because for the believer it is the getting of their reward. So first of all, the suddenness of the end its going to be sudden. And then number two, I want you to watch the selection for the end. The selection for the end. The end is selection or election from judgments, from judgment for the saints. So the end of the age is going to be about election or selection from judgment for the saints. I want you to watch with me again in verse number 6. Here's what it says. It says, So then, let us not sleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. In fact, let me jump back to verse number 5. For you are children of light, children of the day, We are not of the night or of the darkness so the nature of the believer is that the believer is a child of the light he's not a child he's not a child of the darkness so our very nature because we have believed in jesus christ we are children of the light and he says again verse number six so then let us not sleep as others do but let us keep awake and sober he says those of us that are in christ jesus we should not be sleeping we should be awake we should be watchful We should be sober. Why? Verse number 7. For those who sleep, sleep at night. And those who get drunk, are drunk at night. Now I'm sure you can understand here the distinction or the metaphor that Paul is using of of light and darkness. Darkness is evil. Light is good. Darkness is Satan and, 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 and the works of Satan. Light is God and the works of God right so he's saying that no we are not asleep we are not in the darkness we are not those that get drunk that carouse and and live our lives like it's just one big party and there's not going to be consequences for that he says we're not like that so verse number eight says but since we belong to the day let us be sober having put on the breast breastplate of faith and love and for a helmet the hope of salvation he says, now that we're the children of God, then we should act like the children of God. Now that we're in, uh, in, we belong to the day, let us be sober, having put on the, bre- the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. What's he talking about? He's saying, listen, we, you, we're not just going to be passively waiting, passively waiting for God to do things. No, God has armed us. He has, given, he has given us weapons. And so, look at those weapons. The breastplate of faith and love. So, a breastplate. Well, today probably, you, 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 you have to think of something like, you know, a bulletproof jacket or something. Right? So, a breastplate of faith and love. And for a helmet, the hope of salvation. So, a helmet that covers your head, the hope of salvation or the expectation of salvation. Now here's something interesting. Faith, hope and love are things that Paul usually uses to describe the Christian walk. Faith toward God, love towards other people because we are called to love God with all our hearts, with all our minds, with all our strength and also to love others as we love ourselves. And then he speaks also of the hope. And hope here, the English translation for hope is really kind of like wick. Because hope can be something that you're just hoping is going to happen. But in the Greek, it actually is an expectation. And so there's the expectation. So, he's saying again, put on the breastplate of faith and love. And for a helmet, the hope or the expectation of salvation. Anybody, any bullet that comes and hits you in the head, probably is going to kill you. Right, And what is that thing that you're going to use to protect yourself? The hope of salvation. What is that thing that you're going to use to, to help you stand when the enemy is trying to lie to you about your, your stance before God? The expectation of salvation. Right, And Paul elsewhere in Ephesians chapter number 6 talks about the full armor of God. And he has this breastplate again. The breastplate of faith with which to extinguish the devil's fiery darts and so when the enemy throws his fiery darts his fiery arrows with uh, with you know fire tipped arrows and they hit you they hit they end up hitting that breastplate and they get extinguished faith hope and love he says no we belong to the day and let us be sober let us walk in faith hope and love verse number nine says for god has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our lord jesus christ who died for us that whether we're awake or asleep we might live with him now i want you to watch this i want you to watch this god has not set the believer to undergo wrath no the believer will not undergo wrath because of the faith of the believer in christ jesus The Bible says the wages of sin is death. And so Jesus was crucified, was killed to pay the debt of those that will believe in him. And so anybody that has believed in Jesus Christ, God looks at the righteousness of Jesus and he imputes it on the, on, on the believer, on the person that has believed. And so God does not count their sin anymore because of their belief in Jesus Christ. In fact, their faith in Jesus Christ justifies them before God. And so that when God looks at them, God sees them as people that are not guilty. And that's what he's talking about, that we're not destined for us. No, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. And so we are going to obtain salvation. And here's something that is interesting in the Bible about salvation. Salvation, if if I'm a believer, salvation happened at the time that I was born again. But salvation is also continuing right now. And salvation is going to come when Jesus Christ comes back again. And so when he comes back again, I'm going to experience the salvation. I am already experiencing his salvation right now. But when he comes back again, there will be the climax, the consequences of that salvation and so those of us that are Christians we are not for the wrath of God we actually are for the, are for the salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ who died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep we might live with him whether we're awake or asleep now I want you to watch because Paul is Talking about this or rather it when he's discussing the end of the age He has actually started in chapter number four from verse 13 onwards where he speaks about Those that have slept in the Lord and those that have slept in the Lord are those that are alive And so we should understand his use here as use of or the use of sleep here as referring to Being dead so whether we're awake whether we are alive or whether we have died We will be with him we will live with him. In other words, the believer, whether the believer lives, whether the believer dies, the believer is with the Lord. Is justified by God. Is made righteous by the blood of the Lamb of God. And so he says in verse number 11, therefore encourage one another and build one another up, just as you're doing. He says, because of this, encourage one another. Build each other up. Yes. Tell each other that, listen, you're not meant for wrath, hallelujah, that you are meant for salvation, that God has saved you, that he has chosen you, and he has made you his. Listen, when God calls you, God keeps you. When he calls you, he keeps you. And that is the confidence that we have that even as we're going through hard times even as we're wondering what is going to happen at the end of the age we have this thing that we know that he has chosen us we never chose him but he has chosen us and he has not chosen us for wrath but for salvation and i want you to watch number three remember we're talking about what's the end is what the end is going to be like I said number one the end or rather the suddenness of the end and then number two the selection of the of the end and then number three now the sobriety for the end the sobriety or the soberness for the end listen the end requires sober living the end requires sober living I want you to check with me to read with me from verse number number 12 where Paul now is telling the Thessalonian Christians how they ought to be living in light of the fact that there are people that have been saved from the wrath of God but they're still living in the here and now. Right? In other words, what they believe should translate into how they live. To believe is to live by. So if you believe but you don't do as you believe, you don't believe. Actually you do what you you believe what you do. So if you want to know what you actually believe all we have to do is see how you live your life and so paul is very careful to tell them that they ought to be living their lives the way christians are supposed to live their lives look at verse number 12 he says we ask you brothers to respect those who labor among you and are over you in the lord and admonish you and to esteem them very highly loved because of their work so now he's talking about the leaders in the church that these leaders we want you in fact, these leaders are the ones that labor among you and are over you and they admonish you. In other words, they have authority over you. He says, we want you to esteem them very highly in love. Because of their work esteem them very highly love because of their work. What is their work? Well, their work is to admonish you their work is to help you move in the in the in the in the the destiny that God has for you He says you must esteem them. Who's he talking about? He's talking about the leaders of the local church. He's talking about the pastors the elders the deacons that they, they are They are worthy of our respect because God has set them there to bring about his purposes in the world and to help us move Into the next level of the destiny that he has for us and so it says, listen, there must be respect, number one. And then he says in verse number number verse number thirteen again at the end there, it says, Be at peace amongst yourselves. And peace is, is a very important thing for Paul as regards the Christian community. Because the Christian community is the salt and the light. The Christian community are the representatives of the kingdom of God. The Christian community are the ones that show that the values of the kingdom of God, the things that the kingdom of God are like, they are, they are, they, are, they, are, they they work themselves up in these lives here, in these actions that this Christian community is partaking in or is doing. And so he says, "Be peace amongst." Uh, Be at peace among yourselves. Verse 14. And we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle. Encourage the faint-hearted. Help the weak. Be patient with them all. So I want you to watch. There were those that were idle at Thessalonica. It looks like when you read this letter and you read the the, the other letter as well, that there were those people that were thinking that, well, the Lord is going to come any time. And so I really don't have to work. I I just have to be, you know, just ready, make myself ready until it comes. And Paul says, no, such people that do not work must not eat. And these are the very same idle people. He says with those ones, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, the ones that, you know, things are not really where they're supposed to be and they're they're kind of like discouraged with how things are. He says you you, you must encourage them. He says help the weak. Be patient with them all because listen, maybe you go to somebody and you encourage them and you really, from your standpoint, you don't see any reason why they they should be complaining like that and then you go back to them again in the very same state, probably a worse state than the one that you left them before. He says be patient with them all. Be patient with them all. That's how we seek peace in our community. That's how we seek peace in the church of Jesus Christ. And so verse number 15 says says that, See that no one repays anyone evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. I want you to watch this. Paul doesn't know. Paul doesn't know back to sender. He doesn't know back to sender. In fact, back to sender is not biblical. Back to sender is from the witch doctor. When you go out there and then he tells you that it's your uncle so-and-so who's doing this against you. And so you should retaliate. It doesn't work like that in the church of Jesus Christ. Here again Paul says, verse number 15. See that no one repays anyone evil for evil. It means we will wrong each other, church. There will be times we'll say things that are not right and we'll wrong each other. And when that happens, we do not repay evil for evil. We do not do that. We do not retaliate. But we should always seek Good to, for one another and do good to everyone. So not just those of us that are in the church, but even those that are outside the church. That we should show them that we care for them and we love them. Watch verse number six, six, 16. He says, rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Now I want you to watch. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. It's like these things are connected. Rejoice, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances. So whatever circumstance you're going through, whatever hardship that you're going through, you give thanks. In other words, if you have an attitude of thanking God, if you have an attitude of prayer, oh, you're going to live a joyful life. See, there's a difference between joy and happiness. Happiness really is about the happenings around you. So when you go to some place where, you know, people are happy and everything, you also get happy. When you go to some place where people are sad, you also feel sad. That is happiness. But joy is regardless of your situation. Somebody said that happiness is like a thermometer. A thermometer goes according to the temperature in a room. But joy is like a thermostat. A thermostat controls the temperature in the room. How do you and I live a joyful life? Oh, we should pray. We should be in an attitude of prayer. Even even as we do the work that we're doing. Prayer is not just set times that we pray. Prayer is also an attitude that we have. And that's why Paul is saying, pray without ceasing and always be giving thanks giving thanks in all circumstances so things are working out for you you thank god things are not working out for you you thank god your boyfriend broke up with you you thank god you've been sad from the job you thank god so he says give thanks in all circumstances circumstances for this is the will of god in christ jesus for you what's god's will be thankful be thankful be thankful be thankful in everything that you're going through or pray without ceasing and you'd be filled with joy and then you start seeing god move on your behalf then he says again verse number 19 do not quench the spirit do not despise prophecies but test everything hold fast to what is good so he's telling them again living soberly means that you don't quench the spirit Means that when there's a prophetic word that comes to you, that you, you don't forbid it. No, 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 no. You, you, you embrace the prophetic word. Listen, prophecy is a gift that we find in the New Testament. And it is used to build up and encourage the people of God. To even give direction to the church of Jesus Christ. He says, don't, don't, don't quench the spirit by refusing by refusing or despising prophecies. Yes, prophecies must be weighed. And so that's why verse 21, he says, but test everything. Is that prophetic word fitting with the word of God or the ways of God? So prophecy, prophecies must not be forbidden. But prophecies must also be weighed. Is that really a word from the Lord or it's a word from a man or a woman? So he says, hold fast to what is good. I think he's saying, hold fast to what is good when it comes to the prophetic. Hold fast to those things that are in line with the word of God. Then he says, abstain from every form of evil. What is to live soberly? To abstain from every form of evil. To live soberly is to live a life that is characterized by good. See, when we say that this is a saint, we don't mean that there's, there's no single, single sin that they commit. No, 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 no. What we're saying is that their lives are characterized by good. They're characterized by righteousness. The Bible says that if we say that we have not sinned, then we make, him out, we make God out to be a liar. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive all our iniquities. And so it doesn't mean that if you're a Christian that you've never sinned. Uh-uh. In fact, when you draw closer and closer to God, that's when you start seeing even sin you didn't know existed in your life. You see, living soberly is living close to God so that God can shine his light upon our lives and start showing us that that's wrong, that's wrong, that's wrong. Abstain from evil, abstain from evil, and this is the way that you should live. And I'm sure right now God is speaking to you about something in your life even as I'm speaking right now something in your life that needs to be corrected something in your life that needs to shift back to where God is God is waiting looking for you Christian that you would live a sober life what's the end gonna be like what's the end gonna be like well the suddenness of the end The selection for the end. The sobriety for the end. And then finally, the security till the end. The security till the end. Salvation is secured to the end by God. Salvation is secured to the end by God. Check with me on on verse verse number 23. He says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. Now I want you to watch. Peace. Peace. This is the third time it's being spoken of here. It's spoken of in peace and security that the world is speaking about but now we're speaking about the peace of god jesus told his disciples my peace i live with you not as the world gives to you in the old testament in jeremiah he says i'll keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon me and paul elsewhere to the philippians he speaks of the peace of god that passes all understanding and so that's what he's praying That they would have this peace that even though things are upside down in their whole world they'll still have this peace even though there's COVID-19 even if you have cancer even they, they have said you're going to die but there'll still be the peace so he's praying for them now may the God of peace himself the God of peace himself may he sanctify you completely to sanctify is to set apart to God's use may God the God of peace sanctify you completely may he sanctify you completely may he set you apart completely listen when you become a christian the holy spirit starts living inside of you there is a thing inside you or the holy spirit makes you to walk away from evil yes god when he comes inside you or when you receive jesus christ as lord and savior god comes inside you and he, he sanctifies you So there is a sanctification that comes because the Holy Spirit is now living in your life. a setting apart to the purposes of God because the Holy Spirit is now living in in your life. And that's what Paul is talking about. That may God sanctify you. May He sanctify you completely. May He make you holy completely. Sanctification happens when we get saved, we're set apart. To God's purposes. But sanctification is also a continuing work in our lives. That God is setting us apart. He's setting us apart. He's making us to be more and more and more like Jesus. May he sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So he says the whole of you. May the whole of you be kept blameless. Kept is passive. You're not keeping yourself blameless, no, he's keeping you blameless. Listen, if the truth were to be told, if you and I were to be left to our own devices, we would still not be standing as Christians. If I was left to my own devices, I'll still not be a preacher. Because it is only God that can keep me blameless, that can sanctify me completely. And watch what Paul is saying, he's all this is pointing to the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, if there is no sanctification up until the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, in other words, if there is no persevering in faith up until the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, then we know we shall not be saved. In fact, those that are saved will persevere up until the end. And Paul is praying for them, praying for them that may the peace of God Himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so that when the Lord Jesus Christ comes, there will be no blame. Hallelujah. That would be great, isn't it? That when He comes back, that you you would know I have no blame. That I'm living my life in such a way that there is nothing on me. That is not consistent with what God expects of me. And so Paul says, verse 24, He who calls you is faithful, he will surely do it. I love that. He who calls you is faithful, he will surely do it. Maybe you can't do it by yourself. Oh, you fall sometimes, you stumble sometimes, you still go back to those things sometimes. But he is faithful. When he has called you, he puts his spirit inside inside you. And he helps you. He's faithful. He who calls you is faithful, and he will surely do it. Do what? He's going to sanctify you completely. He's going to keep you blameless until the coming of the Lord. Oh, friend, there's a security in Christ Jesus. When you believe in him, there's a security. I used to think, I used to think that, oh, you know, I can't do this born-again thing. Because when I, when I start this born-again thing, two three days later, I'm going to you know, ditch all this stuff. And, and, and people are going to laugh at me i thought that the power was in myself no the power is in god he is faithful and he's going to do it he's going to sanctify you completely and keep you blameless until that day paul is finishing up his letter and i ought to be finishing up this sermon he ends with greetings like is usual with the letter verse number 25 brothers pray for us greet all the brothers with a holy kiss I put you under oath before the Lord to have this letter read to all the brothers. In other words, you should ensure that you stand up in church and you read this letter because there are people that don't know how to read it right. And so they should hear these words. And so he says, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Listen, the end is coming. Are you prepared? Have you believed in the Lord Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Because if you haven't believed in the Lord Jesus as the Lord, as your Lord and Savior who dwells in your life and evidences you are living soberly, you are living a holy life as much as you can, your, your life is characterized by goodness according to the word of God, then friend, if that is not happening, then you need to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior in your life. And when you mean it from your heart, God will come and change you. I want to lead you into a prayer where you can receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior in your life. I'm not saying that this prayer is what changes you. It's your faith. When you believe, the Holy Spirit will change you. And I'm just here to just help you step into that zone where the Holy Spirit can work in your life. Repeat this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. I ask you, That you'd forgive me my sins. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Fill me with your power to break the chains of sin in my life. Help me start afresh. Make me a new creation. In your name I pray. Amen. Friend, if you pray that prayer with me, I would love for you leave us a comment on Facebook or uh, YouTube. Would love to get to you and to connect you with other brothers and sisters that can help you grow in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now you may be there and you know you say you're a Christian, but you know that what this word is saying, you're not living this. Listen, the Lord, the Lord Jesus wants you to come to Him. All it takes is for you to confess your sins, confess your sin, and He's faithful and just to forgive all your iniquity. And so if you're out there, you're saying, you know, I'm box-leaded. I really want to get back together with the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to, to follow me in this prayer. Lord Jesus, I have sinned. And I ask you, may you forgive my sins. Help me today to start a new day of joy and happiness in your presence break the chain of that sin upon my life and i renounce it and i want you to say that sin say it right now say it right now renounce it right now renounce it right now i renounce it in the name of jesus to follow you in your name i pray amen you may be there maybe you're sick you're saying i just need god's touch in my body maybe you know somebody that is sick i'd like to pray Prayer of faith, believing that God is going to heal you. Father, we thank you. We thank you that you're the God who's Jehovah Rapha. You've revealed yourself as the Lord who's our healer. You've said you'd put none of the diseases of Egypt upon us. We want to thank you, Father, because he was wounded for our iniquities. He was bruised for our transgressions. And the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes were healed. And so, Father, we thank you for this healing. And we receive this healing in these bodies. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. You may be going through some financial hustle and things are not working out for you. Listen, our God is a provider. I'd like to pray for you that God will provide for you. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ, may you provide each and everything that my sister, my brother needs in the name of Jesus. the cattle in a thousand hills, they are yours. It is you that gives us the power to create wealth. I pray, Father, may you give, may you bless them, bless the work of their hands. Give them the wisdom, Almighty God. Give them the wisdom to make money. Give them even the, the wherewithal, Almighty God, to find a job in the name of Jesus. Christ we pray you may be there as well and maybe I haven't mentioned whatever it is that you want God to do for you but I just want to pray for you all the same Father, I pray for my brother, for my sister. You are the one who knows what they need even before they ask of you. I pray in the name of Jesus, may your hand be upon him. May your touch be upon him. May you bring the wisdom that is needed. May you bring that restoration in that relationship. May you bring the answer, Almighty oh God. Bring the, the peace that they, that they need, the peace that passes all understanding to come upon their lives, Almighty oh God. We want to thank you. We exalt your name, oh God, because you have done this. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you for joining us. And uh, would love for you to join us again next week as we continue with 2 Thessalonians chapter number 1. And we'll be getting into all sorts of things about the end of the age, about 666, and stuff like that that a lot of people are asking about. So make it a point again, 9 a.m. next Sunday. Let's be together right here in Kairos Christian Center. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the Kairos podcast. I trust you've been blessed. Please do us a favor and share this podcast with friends on Facebook, Twitter, WhatsApp, and whatever social media you're on. May the Lord break you through into your kingdom destiny. Blessings.